Chapter 9 of Practical Mysticism by Evelyn Underhill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carla Arnell, Lake Forest, Illinois. Chapter 9 The Third Form of Contemplation. The hard separation which some mystical writers insist upon making between natural and supernatural contemplation has been on the whole productive of confusion rather than clearness for the word supernatural has many unfortunate associations for the mind of the plain man it at once suggests to him visions and ecstasies superstitious beliefs ghosts and other disagreeable interferences with the order which he calls natural and inclines him to his old attitude of suspicion in respect of all mystical things but some word we must have to indicate the real cleavage which exists between the second and third stages in the development of the contemplative consciousness the real change which if you would go further on these interior paths must now take place in the manner of your apprehension of reality hitherto all that you have attained has been or at least has seemed to you the direct result of your own hard work a difficult self-discipline the slowly achieved control of your vagrant thoughts and desires the steady daily practice of recollection a diligent pushing out of your consciousness from the superficial to the fundamental an unselfish loving attention all this has been rewarded by the gradual broadening and deepening of your perceptions by an initiation into the movements of a larger life you have been a knocker a seeker an asker have beat upon the cloud of unknowing with a sharp dart of longing love a perpetual effort of the will has characterized your inner development your contemplation in fact as the specialists would say has been active not infused but now having achieved an awareness obscure and indescribable indeed yet actual of the enfolding presence of reality under those two forms which the theologians call the immanence and the transcendence of the divine a change is to take place in the relation between your finite human spirit and the infinite life in which at last it knows itself to dwell all that will now come to you and much perhaps will come will happen as it seems without effort on your own part though really it will be the direct result of that long stress and discipline which has gone before and has made it possible for you to feel the subtle contact of deeper realities it will depend also on the steady continuance often perhaps through long periods of darkness and boredom of that poise to which you have been trained the stretching out of the loving and surrendered will into the dimness and silence the continued trustful habitation of the soul in the atmosphere of the essential world you are like a traveller arrived in a new country the journey has been a long one and the hardships and obstacles involved in it the effort the perpetual conscious pressing forward 
have at last come to seem the chief features of your inner life now with their cessation you feel curiously lost as if the chief object of your existence had been taken away no need to push on any further yet though there is no more that you can do of yourself there is much that may and must be done to you the place that you have come to seems strange and bewildering for it lies far beyond the horizons of human thought there are no familiar landmarks nothing on which you can lay hold you wander to and fro as the mystics say in this fathomless ground surrounded by silence and darkness struggling to breathe this rarefied air like those who go to live in new latitudes you must become acclimatized your state then should now be wisely passive in order that the great influences which surround you may take and adjust your spirit that the unaccustomed light which now seems to you a darkness may clarify your eyes and that you may be transformed from a visitor into an inhabitant of that supernal country which saint augustine described as no mere vision but a home you are therefore to let yourself go to cease all conscious anxious striving and pushing finding yourself in this place of darkness and quietude this night of the spirit as saint john of the cross has called it you are to dwell there meekly asking nothing seeking nothing but with your doors flung wide open towards god and as you do thus there will come to you an ever clearer certitude that this darkness unveils the goal for which you have been seeking from the first the final reality with which you are destined to unite the perfect satisfaction of your most ardent and most sacred desires it is there but you cannot by your efforts reach it this realization of your own complete impotence of the resistance which the transcendent long sought and faithfully served now seems to offer to your busy outgoing will and love your ardor your deliberate self-donation is at once the most painful and most essential phase in the training of the human soul it brings you into that state of passive suffering which is to complete the decentralization of your character test the purity of your love and perfect your education in humility here you must oppose more thoroughly than ever before the instincts and suggestions of your separate clever energetic self which hating silence and dimness is always trying to take the methods of martha into the domain of mary and seldom discriminates between passivity and sloth perhaps you will find when you try to achieve this perfect self-abandonment that a further more drastic self-exploration a deeper more searching purification than that which was forced upon you by your first experience of the recollective state is needed the last fragments of selfhood the very desire for spiritual satisfaction the fundamental human tendency to drag down the simple fact and make it ours 
instead of offering ourselves to it, must be sought out and killed. In this deep contemplation, this profound quiet, your soul gradually becomes conscious of a constriction, a dreadful narrowness of personality, something still existing in itself, still tending to draw inwards to its own center, and keeping it from that absolute surrender which is the only way to peace. An attitude of perfect generosity, complete submission, willing acquiescence in anything that may happen, even in failure and death, is here your only hope. For union with reality can only be a union of love, a glad and humble self-mergence in the universal life. You must, so far as you are able, give yourself up to, die into, melt into the whole. Abandon all efforts to lay hold of it. More, you must be willing that it should lay hold of you. A pure bare going forth, says Towler, trying to describe the sensations of the self at this moment. None, says Ricebrook, putting the same experience, this meek outstreaming of the bewildered spirit into other language, is sure of eternal life, unless he has died with his own attributes wholly into God. It is unlikely that agreeable emotions will accompany this utter self-surrender, for everything will now seem to be taken from you, nothing given in exchange. But if you are able to make it, a mighty transformation will result. From the transitional plane of darkness, you will be reborn into another world, another stage of realization, and find yourself, literally, to be other than you were before. Ascetic writers tell us that the essence of the change now effected consists in the fact that God's action takes the place of man's activity, that the surrendered self does not act but receives. By this they mean to describe, as well as our concrete language will permit, the new and vivid consciousness which now invades the contemplative, the sense which he has of being, as it were, helpless in the grasp of another power, so utterly part of him, so completely different from him, so rich and various, so transfused with life and feeling, so urgent and so all-transcending, that he can only think of it as God. It is for this that the dimness and steadily increasing passivity of the stage of quiet has been preparing him. And it is out of this willing quietude and ever-deepening obscurity that the new experiences come. O night that didst lead thus, O night more lovely than the dawn of light, O night that broughtest us lover to lover's sight, lover with loved in marriage of delight, says St. John of the Cross in the most wonderful of all mystical poems. He who has had experience of this, says St. Teresa, of the same stage of apprehension, will understand it in some measure, but it cannot be more clearly described because what then takes place is so obscure. All I am able to say is 
that the soul is represented as being close to god and that there abide a conviction thereof so certain and strong that it cannot possibly help believing so this sense this conviction which may be translated by the imagination into many different forms is the substance of the greatest experiences and highest joys of the mystical saints the intensity with which it is realized will depend upon the ardor purity and humility of the experiencing soul but even those who feel it faintly are convinced by it for evermore in some great and generous spirits able to endure the terrific onslaught of reality it may even reach a vividness by which all other things are obliterated and the self utterly helpless under the inundations of this transcendent life-force passes into that simple state of consciousness which is called ecstasy but you are not to be frightened by these special manifestations or to suppose that here the road is barred against you though these great spirits have as it were a genius for reality a susceptibility to supernal impressions so far beyond your own small talent that there seems no link between you yet you have since you are human a capacity for the infinite too with less intensity less splendor but with a certitude which no arguments will ever shake the sense of the living fact and of its mysterious contacts with and invasions of the human spirit may assuredly be realized by you this realization sometimes felt under the symbols of personality sometimes under those of an impersonal but life-giving force light energy or heat is the ruling character of the third phase of contemplation and the reward of that meek passivity that busy idleness as the mystics sometimes call it which you have been striving to attain sooner or later if you are patient it will come to you through the darkness a mysterious contact a clear certitude of intercourse and of possession perhaps so gradual in its approach that the break the change from the ever-deepening stillness and peace of the second phase is hardly felt by you perhaps if your nature be ardent and unstable with a sudden shattering violence in a storm of love in either case the advent of this experience is incalculable and completely outside your own control so far to use saint teresa's well-known image you have been watering the garden of your spirit by hand a poor and laborious method yet one in which there is a definite relation between effort and result but now the watering can is taken from you and you must depend upon the rain more generous more fruitful than anything which your own efforts could manage but in its incalculable visitations utterly beyond your control here all one can say is this that if you acquiesce in the heroic demands which the spiritual life now makes upon you if you let yourself go 
eradicate the last traces of self-interest even of the most spiritual kind then you have established conditions under which the forces of the spiritual world can work on you heightening your susceptibilities deepening and purifying your attention so that you are able to taste and feel more and more of the inexhaustible riches of reality thus dying to your own will waiting for what is given infused you will presently find that a change in your apprehension has indeed taken place and that those who said self-loss was the only way to realization taught no pious fiction but the truth the highest contemplative experience to which you have yet attained has seemed above all else a still awareness the cessation of your own striving a resting upon and within the absolute world these were its main characteristics for your consciousness but now this ocean of being is no longer felt by you as an emptiness a solitude without born suddenly you know it to be instinct with a movement and life too great for you to apprehend you are thrilled by a mighty energy uncontrolled by you unsolicited by you its higher vitality is poured into your soul you enter upon an experience for which all the terms of power thought motion even of love are inadequate yet which contains within itself the only complete expression of all these things your strength is now literally made perfect in weakness because of the completeness of your dependence a fresh life is infused into you such as your old separate existence never knew moreover to that diffused and impersonal sense of the infinite in which you have dipped yourself and which swallows up and completes all the ideas your mind has ever built up with the help of the categories of time and space is now added the consciousness of a living fact which includes transcends completes all that you mean by the categories of personality and of life those ineffective half-conscious attempts towards free action clear apprehension true union which we dignify by the names of will thought and love are now seen matched by an absolute will thought and love instantly recognized by the contemplating spirit as the highest reality it yet has known and evoking in it a passionate and a humble joy this unmistakable experience has been achieved by the mystics of every religion and when we read their statements we know that all are speaking of the same thing none who have had it have ever been able to doubt its validity it has always become for them the central fact by which all other realities must be tested and graduated it has brought to them the deep consciousness of sources of abundant life now made accessible to man of the impact of a mighty energy gentle passionate self-giving creative which they can only call absolute love sometimes they feel this strange life moving and stirring within them 
Sometimes it seems to pursue, entice, besiege them. In every case, they are the passive objects upon which it works. It is now another power which seeks the separated spirit and demands it, which knocks at the closed door of the narrow personality, which penetrates the contemplative consciousness through and through, speaking, stirring, compelling it, which sometimes, by its secret, irresistible pressure, wins even the most recalcitrant in spite of themselves. Sometimes this power is felt as an impersonal force, the unifying cosmic energy, the indrawing love, which gathers all things into one. Sometimes as a sudden access of vitality, a light and heat, enfolding and penetrating the self, and making its languid life more vivid and more real. Sometimes as a personal and friendly presence, which counsels and entreats the soul. In each case the mystics insist again that this is God, that here, under these diverse manners, the soul has immediate intercourse with him. But we must remember that when they make this declaration, they are speaking from a plane of consciousness far above the ideas and images of popular religion and from a place which is beyond the judiciously adjusted horizon of philosophy. They mean by this word not a notion, however august, but an experienced fact, so vivid that against it the so-called facts of daily life look shadowy and insecure. They say that this fact is imminent, dwelling in, transfusing and discoverable through every aspect of the universe, every movement of the game of life, as you have found in the first stage of contemplation. There you may hear its melody and discern its form, and further, that it is transcendent, in essence exceeding and including the sum of those glimpses and contacts which we obtain by self-mergence in life, and in its simplest manifestations above and beyond anything to which reason can attain, the nameless being of whom naught can be said. This you discovered to be true in the second stage. But in addition to this, they say also that this all-pervasive, all-changing, and yet changeless one, whose melody is heard in all movement, and within whose being, the worlds are being told like beads, calls the human spirit to an immediate intercourse, a unity, a fruition, a divine give-and-take for which the contradictory symbols of feeding, of touching, of marriage, of immersion are all too poor, and which evokes in the fully conscious soul a passionate and a humble love. He devours us and he feeds us, exclaims Ricebrook. Here, says St. Thomas Aquinas, the soul in a wonderful and unspeakable manner both seizes and is seized upon, devours and is herself devoured, embraces and is violently embraced, and by the knot of love she unites herself with God and is with him as the alone with the alone. 
the marvellous love poetry of mysticism the rhapsodies which extol the spirit's lover friend companion bridegroom which describe the deliberate speed majestic instancy of the hound of heaven chasing the separated soul the onslaughts demands and caresses of this stormy generous and unfathomable love all this is an attempt often of course oblique and symbolic in method to express and impart this transcendent secret to describe that intense yet elusive state in which alone union with the living heart of reality is possible how delicately thou teachest love to me cries st john of the cross and here indeed we find all the ardours of all earthly lovers justified by an imperishable objective which reveals itself in all things that we truly love and beyond all these things both seeks us and compels us giving more than we can take and asking more than we can pay you do not you never will know what this objective is for as dionysius teaches if any one saw god and understood what he saw then it was not god that he saw but something that belongs to him but you do know now that it exists with an intensity which makes all other existences unreal save in so far as they participate in this one fact some contemplate the formless and others meditate on form but the wise man knows that brahma is beyond both as you yield yourself more and more completely to the impulses of this intimate yet unseizable presence so much the sweeter and stronger so much the more constant and steady will your intercourse with it become the imperfect music of your adoration will be answered and reinforced by another music gentle deep and strange your outgoing movement the stretching forth of your desire from yourself to something other will be answered by a movement a stirring within you yet not conditioned by you the wonder and variety of this intercourse is never-ending it includes in its sweep every phase of human love and self-devotion all beauty and all power all suffering and effort all gentleness and rapture here found in synthesis going forth into the bareness and darkness of this unwalled world of high contemplation you there find stored for you and at last made real all the highest values all the dearest and noblest experiences of the world of growth and change you see now what it is that you have been doing in the course of your mystical development as your narrow heart stretched to a wider sympathy with life you have been surrendering progressively to larger and larger existences more and more complete realities have been learning to know them to share their very being through the magic of disinterested love first the manifested flowing evolving life of multiplicity 
felt by you in its wonder and wholeness once you learned to yield yourself to its rhythms received in simplicity the undistorted messages of sense then the actual unchanging ground of life the eternal and unconditioned whole transcending all succession a world inaccessible alike to senses and intelligence but felt vaguely darkly yet intensely by the quiet and surrendered consciousness but now you are solicited whether you will or no by a greater reality the final inclusive fact the unmeasured love which is through all things everlastingly and yielding yourself to it receiving and responding to its obscure yet ardent communications you pass beyond the cosmic experience to the personal encounter the simple yet utterly inexpressible union of the soul with its god and this threefold union with reality as your attention is focused now on one aspect now on another of its rich simplicity will be actualized by you in many different ways for you are not to suppose that an unchanging barren ecstasy is now to characterize your inner life though the sense of your own dwelling within the eternal transfuses and illuminates it the sense of your own necessary efforts a perpetual renewal of contact with the spiritual world a perpetual self-donation shall animate it too when the greater love overwhelms the lesser and your small self-consciousness is lost in the consciousness of the whole it will be felt as an intense stillness a quiet fruition of reality then your very selfhood seems to cease as it does in all your moments of great passion and you are satisfied and overflowing and with him beyond yourself eternally fulfilled again when your own necessary activity comes into the foreground your small energetic love perpetually pressing to deeper and deeper realization tasting through and through and seeking through and through the fathomless ground of the infinite and eternal it seems rather a perpetually renewed encounter than a final achievement since you are a child of time as well as of eternity such effort and satisfaction active and passive love are both needed by you if your whole life is to be brought into union with the inconceivably rich yet simple one in whom these apparent opposites are harmonized therefore seeking and finding work and rest conflict and peace feeding on god and self-immersion in god spiritual marriage and spiritual death these contradictory images are all wanted if we are to represent the changing moods of the living growing human spirit the diverse aspects under which it realizes the simple fact of its intercourse with the divine each new stage achieved in the mystical development of the spirit has meant not the leaving behind of the previous stages but an adding on to them 
an ever greater extension of experience and enrichment of personality so that the total result of this change this steady growth of your transcendental self is not an impoverishment of the sense life in the supposed interests of the supersensual but the addition to it of another life a huge widening and deepening of the field over which your attention can play sometimes the mature contemplative consciousness narrows to an intense point of feeling in which it seems indeed alone with the alone sometimes it spreads to a vast apprehension of the universal life or perceives the common things of sense aflame with god it moves easily and with no sense of incongruity from hours of close personal communion with its friend and lover to self-loss in the deep yet dazzling darkness of the divine abyss or re-entering that living world of change which the first form of contemplation disclosed to it passes beyond those discrete manifestations of reality to realize the whole which dwells in and inspires every part thus ascending to the mysterious fruition of that reality which is beyond image and descending again to the loving contemplation and service of all struggling growing things it now finds and adores everywhere in the sky and the nest the soul and the void one energetic love which is measureless since it is all that exists and of which the patient upclimb of the individual soul the passionate outpouring of the divine mind form the completing opposites end of chapter 9 recorded by carla arnell lake forest illinois